Thanks for listening to the Refuel Podcast. Be sure to tune in every Thursday for a new episode. All right, so um, we've shown some uh, a little a little more um, realistic deep fake videos in the past few weeks. This was obviously not a realistic deep fake video, but we've shown some like Tom Cruise, Barack Obama that looked almost perfect, and a lot of people got deceived and a lot of people got tricked um, by those deep fake videos. And we've been doing a series. Um, if you've been with us, um, by the way, there are some that haven't been with us and they're visiting fifth graders, so make sure to give them a hand. Um, they're like, yeah, I went over to the youth house and the youth pastor played a video that said butt chunks. Uh, that's all you're going to tell your parents, right? Um, so, um, but we've been doing this series called Deep Fakes, and we've been talking about fakes that sometimes through the culture and sometimes even maybe just ideas that Satan plants in our head that are not correct. Um, there are a lot of issues that face you as teenagers that... Uh, instead of sometimes turning to the Bible, um, you're tempted to turn to like Google and turn to TikTok and like you live your life according to just you know, what you see other people doing. Um, so some of those deep fakes we've been talking about over the last four weeks, we talked about politics. Um, poor Matt Johnson drew the short straw and talked about politics last week. And we've talked about gender. We've talked about social media. We've talked about fake Christians. And tonight we're going to talk about parents. I don't know how many of you in your tags, I know it was a shorter tag time, were able to get to the question about parents. How did anybody actually get to that question? And we kind of let, we, my, my thought on, on this was, I'm going to let you have a little bit of a gripe session about your parents and tag, um, so that that way we can talk about your parents here during the lesson. Um, and we're going to be talking about parents. And as we talk about parents, um, what came to your mind when you heard the word Parents. You don't have to say it out loud necessarily, but you know, what, 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 when I said the P word, like what popped into your mind? Um, you know, what's so interesting about being a teenager when it comes to your parents is you're in this like weird like transition as a teenager. Everything about being a teenager feels weird. At least that's the way I remember it. Everything was weird. And what's one weird thing is that you're, you're like in this weird transition phase to where like your parents still tell you what to do, but there are certain areas where like kind of sometimes you get to make your own decisions. Like, when you go to school, you make, pretty much make your own decisions, who you're going to talk to, who you're going to hang out with. When you get, like, your license, it's like the passport to freedom. You know what I mean? And, and you get to just decide, I'm going to drive, I'm going to go in the left lane. I'm going to drive 80 miles an hour. I'm going to drive 60 miles and don't drive 80 miles an hour. I'm going to drive 60 miles an hour. I'm going to drive 45 miles an hour. And, you know, and there's that Life360 app, you know, that your parents track you and you've already figured out how to hack that and all that stuff. But, you know, like, like... You know, you have a degree of freedom, so you're in this weird stage where you're making adult decisions sometimes, but your parents are still kind of in control over you. So what does that lead to sometimes? What's that? Arguments. Has anybody never had an argument with their parents? That would be like a unicorn. You're a unicorn. Congratulations. Um, you know, you've never had an argument with a person that's like kind of like in control of your life, like your parent, your guardian. Sometimes the deep fake that we tend to believe is that our parents or that your parents are your enemy. And I believe Satan wants you to think that your parents are your enemy. And tonight as we talk about parents, we're going to kind of talk about that conflict because it's easy to misunderstand that when your parents are, you know, when your parents are trying to take care of you and trying to help you and try to kind of like guide you in the right direction, sometimes it's easy for you, it was easy for me to think of my parents as the enemy, because let's face it, there are probably some rules that you have that you don't understand and you think are absolutely redonkulous. But the parents aren't the enemy. What we're going to learn tonight is that the gospel changes the way that we interact with everyone in our family. I just use the term family as a verb. 
We don't usually use it as a verb, but the gospel changes the way you family, the way you relate to your parents. It even changes the way you relate to your siblings, but we're not going to get to that tonight. I'm not going to touch that with a 10-foot pole tonight. Um, But the gospel changes the way you family. So if you have your Bible, open up to Proverbs chapter 1. And for those of you who are here for the first time, sometimes we get really, really deep. Like we get down into like parsing Greek verbs at refuel. But tonight we're not going to be getting deep as far as like our like studying. We're going to get deep in soaking in God's wisdom because the book of Proverbs is an interesting book. Most of the Proverbs were written by King Solomon, who the Bible says was the wisest man to ever live. And Solomon went on a quest for wisdom. He found it. And the book of Proverbs is 31 chapters long. By the way, if, if, you're, if you like are terrible at reading your Bible, like I am sometimes, and you need to like jump back into reading your Bible, a great place to jump back in is Proverbs because there are 31 chapters in Proverbs. There are 31 days in the month of May. So what you do is today is May the 5th, Cinco de Mayo, woo! You read Proverbs 5. What a, what a chapter to jump into. Um, tomorrow is May, cha- is, is May 6th, so you do Proverbs chapter 6. Friday's May 7th, read Proverbs chapter 7. So it's a great way to get, uh, to get back in the Bible. But in Proverbs chapter 1, Solomon gives us the key to understanding Proverbs. And here's what it says, Proverbs chapter 1. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So if you... Fear God, if you reverence God, that means you're gonna want his wisdom and that means he's gonna give you his wisdom. And the book of Proverbs are wise sayings. And Pastor Lemming has a great quote on this. I don't know if he came up with this or somebody else did, but he says that the, the book of Proverbs are not promises, but they're wise sayings that are generally true. And in these wise sayings that are generally true, what's so interesting is it says a lot about parents And it says a lot about how teenagers and children are supposed to interact with their parents. Proverbs isn't written in an outline to where, okay, now we're going to, this chapter is going to deal all with parents. What's so cool about Proverbs is if you read it like you read, like today, um, Proverbs chapter 5, it talks about um, dating. I guess you could call it dating dating relationships. It talks about like romance. It talks about about how to to get wisdom from your father. There's all kinds of topics interspersed. So we're not going to be necessarily going to and say, we're going to talk about Proverbs chapter 1 tonight. We're going to look at the whole book of Proverbs and see what it says about your parents. And I think what you're going to learn are that parents are not your enemy. But this is the key to Proverbs. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So if if you want to please God and you want to hear what God has to say about your parents, let's dig into Proverbs. So the first thing that you're going to learn as you dig into Proverbs, I believe, is that you're going to learn that peace with your parents will add years to your life and life to your years. Uh, for those of you that, you know, maybe, maybe you don't live with a parent, but you live with a grandparent, an aunt and uncle, um, it's hard sometimes to be at peace with your parents. And maybe you wouldn't define your relationship with your parents as an entirely peaceful relationship. But I'm going to show you some scriptures that remind us that it's in your best interest to be at peace with your parents. The first reason is you're going to live longer. The Bible tells you you're going to live longer. So if you want to turn into an old geezer one day, you need to be at peace with your parents. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 10 says, Hear my son, accept my words that the years of your life may be many. Ephesians, or Proverbs chapter 20 verse 20 says, if you insult your father or mother, your light will be snuffed out 
in total darkness. Ephesians chapter six, verses one and two say, honor your father and your mother. A children, obey your parents that your days may be long upon the earth. It's interesting. Why does God say that if you honor and obey your parents, if you're at peace with your parents, that you're gonna live longer? I think there's a spiritual aspect to it. Um, that, that, that's just that's what God says. I think there's also, and the, you know, science has backed it up, that, that people who are in a, a good relationship with their parents and also with others, they tend to live longer. Uh, so not only will peace with your parents add years to your life, but it'll add life to your years. One thing that's so interesting is you show me someone who is not at peace with their parents, and I'll show you someone who, for a, at least for a while in their life, lives a troubled life lives a life of hard time to find joy, hard time to find satisfaction. Why? Because I believe that a good relationship with your parents helps you avoid disaster. Proverbs chapter 13 verse 1 says, a wise son hears his father's instruction, but a scoffer, someone who's arrogant, who's puffed up, does not listen to a rebuke. So I know, I know this never happens in your house, but your parents tell you to do something and you say what? Why? And they say those words that burn your biscuits. Because I, that never happens in your house? Never happens in your house? Are you serious? Because I said so? Doesn't that just make you want to, right? But it says a wise son, here's his father's instruction. You know that sometimes your parents have rules that will make you avoid disaster, avoid heartache, avoid something that's gonna follow you for the rest of your lives. Disaster averted, opportunity seized. Proverbs chapter 19, verse eight, it says, discipline and train your children while there is still hope. Otherwise, they will ruin their lives. Um, some of you, your parents are, are, are training you. They're you know, making sure you go to bed on time, making sure you do your homework so that you will, you'll be able to seize opportunities when they come. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 26 says, children who mistreat their father or chase away their mother are an embarrassment and a public disgrace to them. You show me someone who has a bad relationship with their parents during their teenage years, I'll show you someone who during their adult life has a hard time getting over that bad relationship with their parents. Finally, Proverbs chapter 22, verse six, it says, direct your child onto the right path and when they're older, they will not leave it. Your parents are kind of nudging you and pushing you onto the right path and when you're older, you're going to start to learn things. You, you, maybe you're learning to pray. If you have godly parents, you're learning to pray from your parents and you're learning to read your Bible. You're learning to, to, to do things that are, are beneficial to your life. Peace with your parents will add years to your life and life to your years. And you say, Matt, that sounds great, but you haven't been to my house. You don't know what things are like in my house. You don't understand what they're still, I'm in high school and they are still making me go to bed. Like, I'm a senior, and they're asking me if I've done my homework yet. Like, they're making sure I put deodorant on. Could they be any more, like, insanely involved in my life? Sometimes it's easy to feel like you have no control in your home. And you have no control over, like, your relationship with your parents. But the next thing we learn from Proverbs, I think, may surprise you. I think it's going to surprise you. We'll see. But the next thing we learn is that you have more influence with your parents than you think you do. I want to show you some verses here, and they're all going to be up on the screen together. And in, on these verses, I have highlighted in yellow 
some terms here. Let's just read these together. It says, a wise child brings joy to a father. A foolish child brings grief to a mother. Sensible children bring joy to their father. Foolish children despise their mother. It's painful to be the parent of a fool. There's no joy in the father, for the father of a rebel. My child, if your heart is wise, my own heart will rejoice. Everything in me will celebrate when you speak right. You see all these emotional terms? The father of godly children has cause for joy. What a pleasure to have children who are wise. So give your mother and father joy. May she who gave you birth be happy. Do you see all these emotional terms? These are all term, These are all emotions that your parents may experience. And do you see who the common denominator is for the cause of these emotions? Do you, do you see who the common denominator is? It's you. See, a wise child brings joy. Sensible children bring joy. It's painful to be the parent of a fool. If your heart is wise, my heart will rejoice. That's written from a parent to a son. Do you realize how much power you have in your home? Look to the person next to you and say, you got the power. You got to pump. You got to be encouraging. You got to do it again. And now, now sound like you believe it. Say, you got the power. Okay. Listen, 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 listen. You, in many ways, are the emotional thermostat of your house. Do your parents fight over the thermostat? Sometimes we do in our house. Um, but you know what a thermostat does, right? It makes it hot or it makes it cold. Do you know that in your house, you have the ability to be the spiritual thermostat? Now, last time I brought fire on the stage, it was a big problem. And we caught the stage on fire, so hopefully that won't happen this time. But did you know that with your words, you can make your house a really cold place? You can freeze your parents out. You know how that works? When you get picked up from school or when you jump off the giant Twinkie and go into your house and grab milk and cookies and, and go into your room and your mom says, how was school today? Fine. <laughs> your mom can tell something's wrong because you're not eating. You know, you have something going on inside. What's wrong? Nothing. You're ticked off at your parents because they don't want you to do something so you just close the door in your room and you freeze them out for days and days and days and you just won't talk. Do you know that your house can become a very cold place? Let's see if this works like I think it will. You know that your house can become a very cold place? Some of you, through the way that you interact with your parents and the way that you talk with your parents, you've pretty much turned into Elsa and you've proclaimed an eternal winner over your Arendelle home and everybody's frozen, nobody's talking to each other and it has to do with your attitude. Some of you know how this works. But then the reverse is true too. Some of you, your home is not Arendelle. Some of you, it gets hot. Listen, some of you, the, the book of James says it like this, what great a forest is set ablaze by the tongue, by the words that we say. Some of you could say like a sentence, and make that little vein in your dad's head just bulge and throb. And you could watch, you, you could take your dad's like, like pulse by just watching the vein go. Some of you are so good, some of you are so good, you don't even have to say anything to your mom. You know what I'm talking about, right? You don't even have to say, all you have to do is when she tells you something, you roll your eyes. You do the little 
snarl. And you, can, you know the buttons to push to make your parents go from zero to 60 in 5.2 seconds. And some of you have actually made it into a game. And you wonder why it seems like every time you're at your house, it is just insanely hot. Everybody's mad at everybody. And your house, you, you just feel like it, it, it's, it's burning. Do you realize that through the words that you say, through the attitudes that you have, you can make your parents really frozen or really upset? I better do something about this. Hopefully we don't have the fire go off. Jordan has the code to turn it off if we need to. but do you see, what I'm ta- you see what I'm getting at though? In many ways, and the Bible says, you're a spiritual thermostat in your house. And what I'm not trying to do is heap blame on you. If you've got a parent that can't control his temper or can't control her temper, or you're in a really bad situation at home, it's not necessarily your fault. But what I'm saying is, some of the things that drive you crazy about the home that you live in, you don't realize that you have influence and you have control and the way that you talk to your parents and the way that you interact with your parents can make a big difference in your relationship with them. What if before you went out one night, instead of your mom saying, where are you going? What you doing? Who are you gonna be with? Where are you going after that? You're gonna be like, mom, listen, I'm going to the movies with Christian and Kate. Um, Christian's driving and we're gonna go to the movies and then we're gonna go to Christian's house and hang out and uh, I'll be home by seven. Is that Okay. Your mom, after you pick her up off the floor from being so surprised that you just volunteered all the necessary information, you're going to start building some trust with your mom. Do you see how you have more influence in your home than you think? The next thing we learn from Proverbs is that if you have a parent that is in love with Jesus, that loves Jesus, you're sitting on a gold mine. I want to show you a picture, or I'm going to show you this picture here in a second, but I want to read these verses for you. My child, listen when your father corrects you. Don't neglect your mother's instruction. What you learn from them will be a crown of grace and a chain of honor around your neck. For some of you, the advice that your parents give you, if you have godly parents, I hope you do. If you have parents that love Jesus, they're gonna teach you things they are gonna benefit you for the rest of your life. They're gonna teach you how to love God. They're gonna teach you how to serve. They're gonna teach you how to pray. They're gonna teach you how to read the Bible. They're gonna teach you how to connect with other Christians. One other thing we learned, now you're not going to like this one, so I'm just going to say it and get it over with. If you have godly Christians, they're going to love you even when it's tough. Proverbs 13, 24 says, those who don't correct their children hate them. I I remember how this was. You wish that you had parents like Bobby Joe's parents who let him stay out till three in the morning, don't ask him where where he is and let his girlfriend sleep over with him. Like you, you say, I wish I had those parents that let me live my own life. No, you don't. Parents, according to the Bible, who love you will correct you, and you're not going to like it. And I know you don't like me telling you that, but if you have parents who tell you no sometimes, that means they love you, and that means probably that they love Jesus. And finally, parents who love Jesus, man, they, they make your home a safe place. They make your home a place of refuge. You realize that some, some, some teenagers, I know a lot of them, they go home to their house and it's not a place of refuge. They go home to their house and they get yelled at. They go home to their house and their parents are drug users. They go home to their house and their parents are gone for three, four days at a time. You have parents who love Jesus and they've turned your home into like a bunker, like a fortress, a place that's safe. And if you have a parent like that, 
You're sitting on a gold mine. I took these, this, this picture here. This is eBay, and this is um, a, some VHS cassettes. Before there was streaming, there was iTunes. Before there was iTunes, there were DVDs. And then way before DVDs, there's this thing called video cassettes. And they're like this big, they're black, and you put them in this like video cassette player. And when I was a kid, I had, I mean, my mom amassed this library of Disney movies. You know, Aladdin, uh, Beauty and the Beast, The Lion King. Ah, You know, all the, all the best ones. And on those VHS, VHS cassettes, they're massive. On, on the corner, there's this black diamond that says Disney Classics. I was reading an article about how expensive those Disney Classics are on eBay now. Um, this one of uh, um, Beauty and the Beast is going for $5,000 because they're collector's items. I went over to my mom's house. I was like, Mom, do you see all these black diamond you know, videotapes? You need to sell these on eBay. She won't sell them. She's, she's keeping them so that we can keep watching the grainy cartoons. But um, yeah, she's sitting on a gold mine. Some of you, your parents are kind of like VHS tapes. You think they're a little outdated, they're a little old. Maybe they're a little grainy. Maybe they're weird. But if your parents love Jesus... You are sitting on a gold mine and you don't even realize it. The fourth thing we learn from Proverbs and from the, what we call the wisdom literature is where your parents fall short, the heavenly father is there. Because I, I know I've talked to a lot. Yeah, I, I still, some of you are new. I'm still getting to know you, but I've talked to a lot of you. And I know that some of you, you don't have your, that relationship with a parent that I was describing about these parents love Jesus, who love Jesus. You know, for some of you, you know, your, your mom went this way and your dad went this way and you feel like it's like torn your heart in two. You know, some of you don't live with your dad or some of you don't live with your mom or maybe you don't live with both of your parents and you're thinking, Matt, how can I have peace with my parents? You know, I, I'm not sitting on a gold mine. Like I'm sitting on an abandoned mine shaft getting ready to fall to my death. Like that's what my house feels like. Can I show you some verses from what we call Proverbs and Psalms, the wisdom literature in the Bible that I think will be an encourage to you. And by the way, no parent is perfect. No home is perfect. If you have a set of perfect parents, watch out because you'll mess them up because you're not perfect, right? There's no such thing as perfect people. But I'm talking to you who you don't have a dad in your life or you don't have a mom in your life. Or you, you, come to, you, you come to refuel and your parents, you know, they, they bring you to church, but they don't go to church themselves and they have no spiritual life. Look at what Psalm chapter 68 says, that God is a father to the fatherless and a protector of widows. That's who he is. God is a father to the fatherless. And isn't it interesting that Jesus came to earth and he had a stepdad. Jesus looked into the face of the man of his house and he had no common DNA with him. Jesus' earthly father was in all practical purposes his stepdad. Jesus had half-brothers and half-sisters. Look at some of the characters in the Bible, the movers and shakers, people of consequence in the Bible. You'll find Joseph who had like three stepmoms. You'll find Esther, who we don't know what happened to her parents. I guess they died and she was raised by her uncle. And you find Jesus, who had a stepdad. So don't think first that because you don't have a mom and a dad together who love Jesus, that God doesn't want to do great things with you. And second, don't think that God is running from you. According to this verse, God is running to you. 
And if you're someone who struggles with that parent relationship, there's a parent you know, in your life that's not, you know, there's a parent that's not in your life. You're missing the mom, you're missing the dad. You're missing that family and you look at other people and you think, I wish I had that and I wish I had that. I want you to look good and hard at this verse that's gonna go up on the screen. It's Psalm chapter 27, verse 10. It says, my mother or my father and mother may desert me, but the Lord will accept me. Wow. What do you think God thinks about you who are struggling in your relationship with your parents? Where parents can fall short sometimes, the heavenly father is always there. And then the final thing we learn is that the gospel changes the way we do family. Remember how we started in Proverbs chapter one? It was Proverbs one, verse seven. It said, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. How do we know how to fear the Lord? And how do we know that as a starting point? It's because Jesus died for us. When God adopted us, we learn in Galatians chapter four, it says that when the fullness of time came, God sent Jesus, born of a woman, so that we could receive adoption as sons. When we embrace the gospel, when we embrace the fact that Jesus died for our sins, he forgave our sins, it makes us more apt to forgive our parents when they mess up. It makes our parents more apt to forgive us when we mess up, and it produces a way that we can have peace with our parents. You know, I was, as I was kind of preparing for this lesson and kind of going over all the different, you know, all the different things that we were going to have to deal with when we were talking about family, I usually go back to Ephesians chapter 6. That's the one we always cram down your throat. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. But it says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We have to think that Proverbs is not just a bunch of life hacks. You ever watch like the TikTok videos where the guys, you know, that's that one guy that has all the life hacks. He's like, if you get catch up on your shirt at a baseball game, don't worry. All you need to do is find, anybody else? You, you see, see that guy? All you need to do is you spray some hairspray on it. It'll go away. You know? Proverbs are not life hacks. You will not be able to succeed in these things, finding peace with your parents, being the spiritual, you're the, the emotional thermostat of your house, apart from a relationship with God because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and we respect God and we understand God by knowing him through Jesus. So apart from a relationship with Jesus, you, you, our relationship with our parents is hopeless. Your parents' relationship with you is hopeless. Our relationship with anyone is hopeless. So it begins with you realizing who you are in Christ. It begins by you putting your faith in Jesus because before God can save your relationship with your parents, he has to save you. So the gospel changes the way you family. So for those of you that are new, we always end with a couple, we call them like application points, and we always try to alliterate them. And I really tried to come up with F words for us tonight, but I couldn't make them alliterate. So we have T words tonight. So there are four T words when it comes to with what your relationship with your parents. And we're gonna put the first one up there. Um, the first T word is the word task. And this is a tough one, but respect and honor the task, the big task of being a parent. I'll never forget when I had my kid. I mean, I didn't have her. April had her. But um, you know, <laughs> I watched it all happen. You know? um, and um, and I just remembered, like, she was so tiny, and I put her in this car seat, and, like, I felt like the car seat was way too big for her, and she was just, like, sprawled out like this, and I was like, I, I drove 30 miles an hour on the interstate to get back home, because I was like, like, 
if, if we wreck, like she's toast, like she's so small and the car seat's so big and I was freaking out and the hospital sends you nothing home. Like, like you, you would think there'd be like this massive instruction manual, like how to take care of a kid. No, they send you home with a diaper and a car seat and say, good luck, see ya. You know, you, you learn how to change the diapers, wipe the butts, clean up the vomit. Like, and what's crazy is you, you're 16 years old, your parents have had to keep you alive for 16 years with no instruction manual. Hoping that they don't screw up. Respect and honor the task of being a parent. The next one is take, take your parents' advice seriously. If you, if you have parents who love Jesus, you may not always like their advice, but their advice should be the heaviest thing that weighs on your decisions. The third one, you, you remember this, thermostat. I just like fire, so I'm going to pick this back up again. Embrace your role as the, as the emotional thermostat of your home. You, I want to challenge you to a seven-day challenge. Get a notebook, write it down. Today, I responded to my parents like this, and my parents, and my parents responded this way. And tell me that your responses don't change the emotional climate in your home. And then the fourth, trust. Trust God even when people let you down. I promise you, I am a parent, so I can tell you this 100%. There will be a time when your parent lets you down. There will be a time where you really needed your mom or you really needed your dad, and for whatever reason, they, they, they weren't able to come through with, for you. I can tell you that from experience. Maybe you don't have a mom, you don't have a dad in the picture, and you're living with a relative, and, and they're doing the best they can. Trust God. He is a father to the fatherless. My father and mother forsake me, but the Lord will accept me. So let's pray and we'll get out of here. Uh, Father, thank you so much for um, Proverbs. Thank you for these wise sayings. They're just so like pointed. We don't have to do much interpretive work. We just, we just read them and we say, okay, God, I'll do it. Uh, so God, I pray for each teenager. I know we have teenagers that come from homes with parents who just are absolutely in love with Jesus and serve. Uh, God, I also know from conversations that there's some teenagers here tonight that um, they're struggling with that relationship with their parents. They're struggling honoring parents who aren't living an honor, a life that's honoring to God. Um, they're struggling honoring parents who walked out on them or abandoned them. Uh, so God, I pray that, that those teens will just run to you. I pray that if they have questions and they need someone to pray with them, they need help, they'll reach out to us tonight. Um, but God, I pray that you will work in the life of every teen, that they'll be able to come to peace with their parents and that it'll go well with them for the rest of their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to the Refuel podcast. If you have any questions or would like to review the notes from this podcast, be sure to download the Refuel app from the App Store on any mobile device.